0: It's important to have different people to do the different things that need to be done because one person can't do everything.
1: Power to Live more with Joe Dodds.
0: Welcome to the Power to
2: Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, wellbeing, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold.
1: Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interview interviewing Ingrid Thompson. Jo and Ingrid met because Jo saw that Ingrid was looking for guests for her podcast and when they had a brilliant chat on that Joe immediately asked Ingrid to join us on ours. Ingrid is the founder of Healthy Numbers, a company that provides business education and financial acumen training designed for small business owners. She is the author of the book, So You Want to Start a Business. Ingrid also hosts the extremely successful and popular podcast with the same name, So You Want to Start a Business, where she interviews business owners and entrepreneurs to share their business startup stories. Ingrid is passionate about helping people make good decisions in business and in life. After a successful corporate career, Ingrid has spent almost 20 years working with small and family business owners, educating, guiding and supporting them to run and grow their businesses. Small business owners are extremely good at what they do and yet most have never been taught much about how to actually run and grow a business. Ingrid loves good food and good conversation. She lives in Sydney with her partner and their four cats. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Ingrid Thompson of Healthy Numbers.
0: Welcome, Ingrid. Great to have you with me. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much for um, inviting me on. And hello, listeners.
2: A little bit of a, a sort of um, return go here, isn't it? Because I was on your podcast, or rather, we did an interview. I don't know when I'll be on it, but in relation to when this one goes out. But uh, we did an interview a few weeks ago. So, uh, so we're,
0: we feel like we're in the middle of a, a long conversation, don't we? <laughs> We certainly do and we had such fun and we decided that it was a good idea for us to have a reciprocal and I reckon by the time yours comes out, this will come out and we'll all be mutually podcasting, so fantastic. Lovely, excellent. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. So I'm actually based in Sydney, but I work pretty much anywhere in the world um, because of this gorgeous technology we have. And I work with health professionals and fitness professionals to help them grow and build their business. Lovely.
2: And um, Sydney um, is not going too well on the weather front at the moment, is it? We're having a bit of a discussion because you've had like... I don't know, talk about acts of God. You've had like the lot, haven't you? And we're having snow at this end, but you say it's really hot there today.
0: It's it's beastly hot and we had a weekend of torrential monsoonal rain, which February can do very easily. And then the minute it stops raining, it is humid and literally you can watch the grass grow and in fact if you listen really carefully you can hear it grow because we go from having this torrential rain the sun comes out and it's just the most magnificent thing but all the moisture comes off the ground and it feels incredibly humid Um, and as you say we've had a pretty torrid couple of months with bushfires but apparently the rain has put out every bushfire so the country's had a bit of a battering in the last few months and that you know the Australian um, mateship and we we pull together really well I think we're in for a pretty tough year but there's a strong strong feeling that we can do this together so yeah yeah it's going to be interesting yeah
2: yeah so good to hear that the the fires have gone all the albeit that you're feeling a challenge so uh yeah (laughs) yes so so your business when I often talk to my podcast guests and, and sort of talk about the fact that I can't imagine that they 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 planned to do this when they were at school because Either the, um, the sort of business opportunity didn't exist in the case of people who teach blogging or whatever. Um, but I guess the other the other um, reason that quite often that's the case is because what you're doing is something that requires your own experience in order to help other people so I don't suppose you you left school planning to to set up healthy numbers no no I certainly, <laughs> I certainly
0: didn't but you know it's an interesting it's funny you know and it's such a cliche that you know um that Steve Jobs said we joined the dots backwards but you know if I could go back through you know I tutored People in high school in maths. So I've always been good at numbers. Um, you know, I when I was very first started work, I worked in a hotel, and I was in, responsible for food costing. I was responsible for labour costing, and I I showed the senior managers how to calculate the costs involved in running their part of the business. So you know, it, it's interesting how, and that's effectively what I do now is I I show business owners what the story is that the numbers tell them and so there's a lot to be examined in numbers there's a lot to be understood in numbers and when we have healthy numbers whether that's the number of leads we have whether that's the conversion whether that's the profit whether that's the revenue it's all done by numbers um, so, it, you know, like it's while that wasn't what I thought I was going to do, I thought I might be a maths teacher, or at one stage I thought I might um, teach science. I had that sort of background, like it was very much that sort of maths, physics, science background. When I was at school, I went into accounting because I thought that was where numbers would do what they had to do line up, add up, you know, it was reliable. Um, and then I moved into training and development, and that's when I realized that there's just so much. To do with transfer of knowledge. If I go back with that, I was a Girl Guide. I was a Girl Guide leader. I was a big sister in the YWCA big sister big brother program. So there's there's a lot of continuity through what I did to get me to where I am now.
2: Yes, yeah, interesting. As you say, and it is that sort of joining the dots piece. So I guess in some cases it doesn't feel a straighter line, but actually they they are all connected so so you you work internationally through technology again that's not something you would have done sort of back in the day how did the 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 actual the 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 shape of the business as it is today how did that bit come around
0: about well I was I had been an accountant in the corporate world and then I moved into training and development and then there was this at the sort of turn of the century in the 2000s early 2000s there was a, a I don't know what happened. I think there was some kind of slump or there was some kind of economic thing. And anyway, I was made redundant from a a company and I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? So I I was actually studying for my master's and I thought I would get a part-time job while I did that. But in the meantime, a friend of mine said – want to come and help us with our bookkeeping and I said bookkeeping it's forever since I did any bookkeeping and that's when I discovered small business I I mean I must have been aware that there were small businesses but because I had been employed by some of the biggest corporations in Australia you know banks insurance company um, the airline these were big companies with thousands of people and here was this little company with three people working in it um, come and do my bookkeeping and I thought wow, this is quite amazing. So one thing led to another and somebody told somebody else and I went to a networking event and somebody said, oh, is that what you do? Can you come and do it for us? So I spent two or three years kind of bumbling around just helping small businesses do what none of them really could do, but what I knew how to do from my corporate world in terms of systems and processes and bank reconciliations and getting the numbers in order and getting people's finances up to date. And yeah, so that's how I sort of got into what I do. And then that morphed into coaching, it morphed into training, it morphed into what I do now, which is helping people in that health and well-being space because I think fitness professionals and health professionals are incredibly good at what they do but nobody has ever taught them how to run a business and so a few years ago I was working with people wanting to start a business and I wrote a book called So You Want to Start a Business specifically for people who wanted to get into business and just didn't know what was involved so you know it's both sides of that it's like getting started and then once you get started how to make it how to grow it and build into something that's more than just self-employment because there's a difference between being in a business and being self-employed yes absolutely
2: and interesting that you focus on a particular sector i was having a conversation with one of my members a couple of weeks ago about being really clear about the the you know the niche or the target market the the specific people that you work with and, and can help and it was the typical discussion about, oh, I don't want to cut people out. Oh, I could help those people. And, and, you know, it was a real back and forth of, yeah, I know that. And, you know, we don't want to sort of narrow things because we think that's going to cut the business down. And often narrowing it, in fact, mostly narrowing it actually expands the business because you become that go-to person. What was your
0: experience in in going towards a particular niche? That has been a very, very difficult journey joe i would have to say it um you know when anybody wanted help i just responded to what they needed but i had a pivotal moment in my um business self-employment you know what i have is that in the same 24 hours three of my ardent supporters said to me ingrid we do not know what you do my my sister who would do anything to help me her husband said to her, what's ingrid doing these days and she said Mm, don't really know Um, my best friend said Ingrid I would do anything to support you with what you're trying to do but she says I really cannot get a grip on what it is you do and a very good friend of mine who I met completely randomly at a networking event actually you and I were talking about it before we came on air um you know nearly 20 years ago now she said Ingrid I would send people your way but I don't know who you look after and I don't know what you do so I really thought to myself you know here's me thinking I'm sending my message out to the world but it was such a diluted I can help anybody kind of message that the three people who would do anything to help me couldn't because I wasn't clear enough about what I did. So I really took a good look at who were the clients that I most liked working with? Who are the ones I got the best results for? And what are my values? And what do I stand for in the world and health and well-being, and, you know, nurturing the planet, nurturing ourselves, nurturing our relationships. All of this is so important to me and to the people that I work with. And so that kind of boiled it down to health professionals and fitness professionals and I do work a lot with the Pilates industry I'm very familiar with that industry and the more familiar I get with the particular industry the better I am able to help them because you know I just had a conversation with someone yesterday and she said Ingrid you you seem to understand the Pilates industry it it looks like you know the work that you've done with other people I trust you now, for someone to say that I've never met before, in the first phone call that I have with them, I trust you, because I've been following you for two years, and here's what I hear you say. That that's why we choose a niche. That's such a great story, great mm-hmm. example.
2: And um I'm sure Jackie will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Albeit she has moved hers on since we spoke, but um that's really helpful. So so that happened. How did it then pan out? Because making that decision is one thing, carrying it through when other people still want to work with you that aren't in your niche is the challenge, I would suggest
0: i still work with it so well i guess the thing is though you know then now today there are business educators business mentors business coaches because i work in that space and again there's some lack of clarity you know am i an educator or am i a coach you know um if a hairdresser came to me i don't know a lot about hairdressing i mean I know that Business 101 says, you know, money in, money out. The difference is profit. Um, But I don't know a lot of the details of hairdressing. So I could certainly add some value to somebody who is a hairdresser. That said, there are probably specific hairdresser business coaches who could actually help that person in a more specific way. And I think I'm a bit unique when it comes to coaching because I don't believe in having somebody in a relationship of a coaching business relationship for a really long period of time most of the people who come to work with me are super smart and they need a certain amount of help and then they need set on their way so the hairdresser i can probably add value for maybe 3 sessions maybe 5 sessions or 6 sessions And then if they have other specific hairdresser or hairdressing mentor, you know, how to deal with their specific clients, how to talk to their people, more specifically in a hairdresser sense, then they would be better off with a hairdresser coach. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Business 101, I can certainly help them with that. So does that Mm -hmm. make sense?
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So... Oh, about how you work with your clients in terms of what your days look like and you know you've talked already about working using technology with people all across the world and i guess that's partly a time zone thing as we've discovered <laughs> we this morning yes, so i have place. to say that the,
0: i have to say the uk is not and that sort of part of europe isn't so ideal um because i'm not really a nighttime person um the U.S. is marvellous, and at the moment, the U.S. is particularly easy because our afternoon, our morning is their afternoon, and there's a huge window of overlap. So I yeah. have clients that I coach in my morning, and it's their afternoon, or, or or even into their early evening, depending on which part of America they're in. Um, so there's, there's that's a very easy. I have clients in New Zealand. Um, I have a client in Asia, um, and in other parts of Australia. So that's you know there's this sort of this part of the globe. Um, is easy to work with but what happened was I just worked with I worked with people who were local so I would go into their their office I would go into and do some work in their actual physical site Um, and it was as I built that and then as the technology has improved so my very first coaching calls that were done online would have been done with Skype Um, and Skype of course is Somewhat unreliable now. Um, Zoom has come along and makes it just so easy to coach. Uh, coaching was either on the phone, as um, you know, as you become able to have those conversations, but that was of course quite expensive. Zoom has made a huge difference to this sort of, um, to, you know, being able to mm. access. And the other thing that um, so things like Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups, and you know, these platforms that we use to communicate with communities of people is that's how I've become known like this person who I spoke to yesterday I had no idea she'd been following me for two for two years she's not on any of my email lists she's not like she's just aware of who I am so I think that's very important for people to remember as they're you know growing their profile is that there are probably people watching who maybe never interact with your posts who never interact with what you're saying and I do have people say to me Oh, I saw that on LinkedIn, but I'm in my job and I don't want anyone to get the idea that I'm thinking about a side hustle or starting a business. So, you know, I can't, I can't like anything that you're saying, but I love what you're doing. So, you know, I guess that's where in the last four or five years that's really shifted how we can reach a world community.
2: Yes, absolutely. I had a lovely uh, scenario a couple of years ago. I went to a, a local sort of business conference exhibition and uh was to, went up to talk to somebody that i knew and she was talking to somebody else who i didn't know and she had to dash off so she sort of introduced us and then then ran off and uh, and he he was like hang on you're you're joe dodds i was like yeah thinking this is odd he seems to know who i am and he was like oh my god i'm so pleased to meet you and i was like uh hello <laughs> and, uh, he said when i used to do social media like back in the day sort of 2009 sort of time Apparently, he'd followed along with everything I did, and I'd completely inspired him to start a social media management business. Um, and oh. he has been in business for, like, now six or seven years or something. And he wanted to thank me for being his, I um, uh oh, no, like, inspiration. Oh, I can't think yeah. what other words he used. But this is completely... Isn't that okay. it lovely? So you, think, oh, you touch people's lives, and, they don't, and you don't even ever get to know... Yeah.
0: And you know, I had a... I, I I love that because I remember years ago when I used to facilitate a workshop um, in this corporation that I worked for and we did two programs, two two two-day programs a week and we were 30-something people in every group. So over a period of a month, over a period of a couple of months, that's a lot of people that you get to meet. And it's impossible to remember every single person who you meet in that circumstance, even though it is two days and, you know, you do try to connect with the people in the room. And I used to have people come to me two or three years later I'd be walking through an airport or I'd be working in a particular part of the company that was the airline and people would say, Oh, Ingrid, you changed my life. And you think, wow. And yes. you know, that's given me a real sense of responsibility about what I do today. You know, mm-hmm. whether I'm facilitating a workshop or, you know, I speak at conferences, I'm speaking at two conferences this year in the U S related to the health and fitness industry. Um, you know, whether, whether it's a one on one call, whether it's this conversation with you, Joe, that is going to be listened to by people that we don't even know who they are. And yeah. so it's it's a beautiful sense of responsibility to what I say could just touch, it could just be the next little piece that somebody needs. And same with you, you know, what you've just said there. You worked you did what you did and there was somebody watching what you were doing and inspired him to create a business. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. yeah Yeah. absolutely so you touched on tools that you use so zoom and as you say facebook groups linkedin groups and so on what other um technology and and um tools and apps do you do you use
0: it's so funny because i know you were going to ask me that question and i was thinking "Hmm, what do i use um my mac i have to say i am i everything is here in this little piece of technology that um just facilitates everything that i do is my mac yeah. um you know it just everything that i do is there um i use asana is a um a project management tool um it, it helps me keep track of things um a s a n a very very easy to use um it, and i use it for my own things as well so you know if i'm doing something that has 17 steps to it, you know, chances are I could miss one of the steps if I just tried to do it by memory. And sometimes the thing is with tasks that we do or it, we only do it once a month or we only do it every quarter and you can't possibly remember each of the steps. So I find something like Asana very helpful. Yeah. Um, and then as I said, Zoom is almost um, absolutely needed. Um, and it's funny because... I also use Xero, X-E-R-O, which is an online bookkeeping service. This MYOB is another one, Mind Your Own Business, and QuickBooks. Um, and I, I eventually came to Xero a bit kicking and screaming because it was a bit like my first phone. I had a flip phone for a long time, like right into the early 2000s. And then one day, and I can remember the moment for Xero, and I can remember the moment when I went and bought an iPhone, is that the the inconvenience level was so much greater than whatever this financial cost was of taking it up that I had to make the leap. And I think the technology just keeps on getting better and better. Mm. Um, You know, I can remember sitting on a bus and thinking, I know there's an email and I'm not going to see it till I get home. If I had a phone, I would see that email because somebody had texted me or and said, I've sent you an email. And because I only had a flip phone, I couldn't see the email. So it was another hour before I got home. And I thought in that nanosecond, I thought, I've got to get an iPhone. I've got to get with the program. And just this year, I went to zero because the same thing happened. Somebody needed me to send an invoice. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be back to my desk bound computer for another 24 hours the person wants to send me the invoice they'll pay me the money right now and I thought I have to do something so you know the lesson for me is just embrace the technology and and bite the bullet and get on with it
2: Mm, yeah absolutely I I love the examples of of finding those sort of pain points to to move (sighs) forward um it's it's interesting I I was I was absolutely an anti-Apple person for years I I had BlackBerry when they were really you know sort of the Mm. the, the most utilized um devices Mm. in business sort of thing and I I was a a real fan and then I can't I can't actually remember the moment when I did decide to go to an iPhone but I went to the iPhone and now it's ridiculous I've I've got everything I've got the the iPad Pro and I've got I've got the MacBook and I'll tell you what When you're saying about it's got everything in it, you'll feel my pain when you hear that I dropped it last week in a handbag and smashed the screen. Well, it didn't smash. The screen was still all in one piece. It was everything that was behind the screen that had gone wrong. £430 later, it's fixed, and I'm very happy to have it back.
0: But oh, my God. (laughs) Can you see for that? You, well, and the thing is, I know that at some point this is going to need to be upgraded. I can't bear it, you know, but we have the Apple TV and we have the Apple in the house and we have, yeah. you know, like we are, we're, and, and it, here's a really interesting thing. When we think about starting a business, like all of us use Apple, but in the 90s, and I remember this because I'm old enough to remember what was happening in the 90s, Apple was those coloured bubbles. It was it was definitely a niche that was not yeah. all of us. And so, you know, I think anyone who's frightened of, choosing a niche in their business right now choose that niche and be the best you can be at it because somewhere down the track you may in fact be apple but you cannot be apple right now go back to the early 90s and apple only was for a particular tiny niche of people
2: yeah yeah absolutely which is why people like me were fighting so much to not (laughs)
0: not to go down that route, but now I've finally succumbed yeah I never had a blackberry I only ever had a little flip phone actually I don't even know if it was a flip phone it was just a phone it was just a thing I I had a landline I had a landline for so long it wasn't funny so yeah
2: I was thinking I'm house and dog sitting um for my friend at the moment who's actually in Australia and uh she um I realised doesn't have a landline because they moved to their house a couple of years ago. So they were, you know, it was in a time when you wouldn't bother having one installed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas we have one that I never use because I, mm. like, so you know, I use my mobile phone all the time. But we have one just because we did. And you do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we don't have one either. We moved last year and we don't have one either. Hmm.
2: No, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I just wonder, wonder if we're not going to move, will there be a time when we decide not to have it anymore? But then I do sometimes get phone calls. I, in fact, I was having that very thought this morning, funny that it's sort of cropped up, that um, our French friends, she's 85, she does phone the landline and never phones the mobile and I'm never in. <laughs> she does speak to me first time. <laughs> and... Um, and my, my husband's auntie keeps phoning me and, and saying, Valerie, which is my mother-in-law, um, and I'm like, you've rung the wrong number again, haven't you? And <laughs> our numbers are right next to each other in her address book, so every time she rings me instead of next door. So I probably ought to get rid of the number, and then it forced them into another action on that pain point that we were just talking about.
0: So, Joe, I'm curious, when it rings, do you wonder what the noise is? Like, do you go, what is that? Uh, no, I Immediately, do... no. No.
2: Quite a lot. We still get all those like rubbish sales calls and stuff. I just ah, never answer yes. them, so I do hear it. But you're right. There is. I've got quite a an interesting ring, and then our front doorbell has a an interesting ring as well. And occasionally I get confused as to which is which. So that's obviously I've not quite sussed it yet. But <laughs> but then I've got it all set up so that the doorbell only rings in at the front door and in the sitting room, which is next to my office, and down in the kitchen. Because that's like in the kitchen, you need it really loud. But in my office, I don't want it to ring because I don't want it to interrupt podcasts and things. Because I used to switch it off for a podcast yep. and then forget to switch it back on again.
0: Of so course, I got that yeah. set
2: up. And the doorbell will set up. So nothing interrupts me in my room now. So actually, when it does ring, I'm never in my office because I can't hear it from there. So yeah, I probably do <laughs> wonder what it is when I'm in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> what is that strange noise? <laughs>
2: Okay. And then, of course, I don't have my mobile switch to ring anyway. So, like, you know, when you go to the cinema and people and it says, you know, your mobile phones off. I never do because mine never rings anyway. And then my husband's always saying, Well, how do you go know to watch the phone? And I'm like, Well, generally I don't. <laughs> but when I'm at my desk, it's in front of me. I can
0: see it ringing. Or if I'm on it at the time, obviously I can see it ringing. But yeah, if it's in so the that So that sounds to me like that's a secret to you staying relaxed having a nice lifestyle is that having that phone turned down so that it doesn't interrupt yeah. you sounds like part of your lifestyle strategy.
2: Absolutely. I don't like really talking on the phone, although, I, you know, these sorts of conversations, you know, is fine. I, I you know, I enjoy it. I, I can do it. No problem whatsoever. But I don't like sort of um, unexpected phone calls. So, um, I yeah, so I don't like to hear the ringer and I don't like to feel obliged to answer it. <laughs> Um, and generally I don't it's only when I'm expecting a call you know when I'm waiting for something specific that that uh, I have to switch it on or I just keep looking at my phone every five seconds which is obviously not very
0: relaxing <laughs> <laughs> that's not very productive either
2: <laughs> no exactly but I'm also you know I give out business cards and things and people always expect there's going to be my phone number on it but I don't put that
0: on it so that they can't phone me without me knowing that's hilarious so what's on your business card Joe?
2: Uh, Good question. It uh, tells you about my membership site and who it's for and my name and my, um, I think it's got my picture on actually. And then on the back, it's got a beautiful photo and I have a different photo on the back of every card so people can choose. (sighs) The card that they want, and uh, so it has, it's a big talking point actually. Even though it doesn't actually give them my phone number, but it does give them my email address. That's what I'd like them to do.
0: Communication probably enough. Things. It's it's interesting because I currently don't have any business cards, and I actually can't see the point in getting any to be honest because I don't feel that I ever give them to anybody if I'm somewhere I tend to use LinkedIn and say oh let's just find each other on LinkedIn or send me an email at this or you know go to my website yeah it's funny the whole business card yeah
2: well I haven't had any for years and I changed what I did in the meantime and everything else it's only because as I mentioned to you before we came on I've started to uh, go out networking in real life um, again. And some of the networking groups I go to, are those ones where you have to pass your cards round and everyone oh, takes yes. them. Oh, um, yes. So it's quite traditional and not, as you say, what you'd sort of think we do now, but that is what they do. Um, and so that's why I've got them. And as I say, having the pictures is is really helpful because it does sort of give a bit of a talking point as well. And also, you know, if you are at one of those events where they say, oh, can I take your card? I've got a little box and I open it and it spans the cards out so you can see they're oh. all. Different. And I say, pick a card, any card. Oh, I might
0: oh, have to get you. one of those. That sounds like my
2: sort of business cards. They argue who wants which one and which which particular landscape they're after, and then all the pictures are my pictures, so I can tell them where I took the picture. So, yeah, actually, your cool. photos. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, cool. So, uh, tools and apps your job done getting your work done um how do you make sure you do what you do do you use a a, a to-do list you use pen and paper
0: have you got an app for it I've got a little bit of a combination so I have my year mapped out I, I have sort of a couple of big projects that I'm working on um some conferences that I'm going to that I'm going to attend or that I'm going to speak at um but week to week I map out my week with a Piece of paper and, and coloured pens. Um, I, it, it just seems to work for me. Uh, it's so what the appointments that can't shift so something that's already so like this conference call like this um, zoom call to have the podcast interview was locked in for this particular time and then I have my work that I do around that so for the last couple of days I've been working on three new videos that I'm sending out to my community with information for them and so I've had some coaching calls over the last couple of days and I've been fitting that around it and I'm super super strict about timing so I use my timer so that's kind of another tool that I use every telephone has got a timer in it and I set my timer for two hours for five minutes for 40 minutes whatever I want to do so if I just want to quickly go into LinkedIn and make some comments and and check what's going on I might set the timer for five minutes and I'll spend five minutes doing that otherwise I would be an hour later you know, still down a rabbit hole, reading something, watching a video, and ultimately, you know, watching a cat video somewhere on YouTube. And I don't even know how I would get out of LinkedIn to that, but somehow I would. So I'm pretty strict about my timing on those sorts of things. So every morning I do a little bit of LinkedIn, a little bit of Facebook, and then I have my appointments for the day and you know yesterday Monday I had no appointments and I spent the whole day working on the presentations putting the powerpoints together recording the presentations um, without interruptions phone off you know cats locked in their rooms complete peace and quiet so I could focus on doing that because by the end of the day I wanted to have a certain amount of that completed so yeah and then there's other days when I'm just not able to, you know, like I just either don't feel particularly like it or I'm not feeling 100% well or it's too hot. Um, and, you know, I, I, I interviewed somebody recently who said that on those sort of days they like to check the, um, the, the, the missing links on their website. Joe, was that you? That's you. I think that was you. <laughs> he said on those horrible days they just go oh I'll just check the dead links on my website because I just don't feel like doing anything else and I just think that's such a great way of describing the sort of the dreary task that you'll do on a you know for an hour or two and you just don't feel like doing anything else so you know but most of the time in the time that I use I'm pretty rigorous about how I spend that because I want to have other time to do other things
2: yes yeah that's that's so important isn't it in that what we do absolutely could expand to fit all the time absolutely. that we have available mm. or don't have available. Mm. Mm. I, I'm still laughing at what you said about um, putting things in your diary and having them at you know set times and, and being very specific. And you used this podcast as an example because I, I had it in my diary too. We just didn't have it at the same time, did we?
0: <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a time zone thing. It's <laughs> more glitch in our system.
2: At both ends, but it didn't quite tie up to begin with. But well, we're here now, so that's good. We're here now. Yeah, brilliant.
0: So, do you have other people that help you at all? Well, I do. um So I've I've always had someone else doing my accounts. Um, I'm although I was a trained accountant, I've always had an outside accountant, and I. Uh, I do some of the basic bookkeeping and then they just take care of that. I have a, an incredibly good VA who um, edits a lot of my newsletters and any of the articles that I write. She's got a very good eye for detail and also she's got a good sense of um, how things should sound and she quite often, you know, cuts words out or moves things around a little bit. So, And then I have other VAs who do some of the nitty-gritty, like the website uploads and social media posts. And I think what I've discovered over time is that it's important to have different people to do the different things that need to be done because one person can't do everything so the person who's really good at editing to get them to do the nitty-gritty tedious stuff is not the best use of their talent and the person who can do that you know uploading and seo and you know those things they may not have the editing skills so let's find people to do what people can do best um so yes so I have I have a little tribe of people doing things to help me Mm, that's that's
2: really how I run it as well I knew Um. I knew we got on well
0: Um. (laughs) but you know I was doing everything myself for a long time um and I had a session with one of my most trusted mentors probably about two years ago and we were talking about you know, growing the business and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be able to impact more people and take my message out. And he said to me, you know, you need a team. You cannot do this on your own. If you're doing all of those things, then what are you not doing? And so I'm building that team. Um, Yeah. Took a little while because you know, here's the thing, Joe, and maybe this happens to you, and it certainly happens to all of the clients I work with. We get into business to do our own thing, to be our own boss, to write our own schedule, all those things. And really, no one else can do anything as well as we can. Like, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so, it's important to let some of that go and let people do the stuff the way they do it with the guidelines and the systems and processes from us. Otherwise, the business doesn't grow.
2: No, no, exactly. It's funny, I talk a lot about outsourcing and how Mm. you sort of end up with a bottleneck if you don't do it and Mm -hmm. and actually creating the processes and and training the people or finding the right people. The process of actually outsourcing is a, a sort of, whole issue in itself because it's quite mm-hmm. hard to do that sometimes mm-hmm. but once you've done it mm-hmm. the, the sort of relief I mean, I think some of the things that my VAs do for me that I um I can't even remember much about it in fact I was having a conversation with Ellie my daughter the other day um because she was doing some work for me and I kept reminding her about it and we had you know we came to blo- not blows <laughs> we were arguing a bit and she in the end she said to me She said, Oh, you really nag. You just like nagging, don't you? She's 13. Let's not forget. And I said, and I I suddenly thought to her, I said, you know what? I said, that is not actually true. I said, I was reflecting only this morning that I've got three different VAs doing different things for me in my business. I said, and I never, um, nag them. I never ask them if they've done it or when they're going to do it because they all know what they've got to do and they've all got their routines and deadlines and they just get on and do it. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know, the, in fact I said today I went to do something and I couldn't remember if I was supposed to do it or if my VA does it because I know she does the end of the process but I couldn't remember that I was supposed to do the bit at the beginning and I sent her a message and she said oh no no I can do the bit all the way through but it's fine I picked up where you left off and I was like oh, okay thanks for clarifying and I thought how hilarious that I've got somebody working for me who knows more about what she's doing than I do. Yeah. Because I'm still just to get on with it but i thought it was interesting you know that ellie was saying oh you can't stop you know going on it's like well only if i don't trust the person to do the things yes. to do when they're supposed to do them and actually if you've got people you trust what a
0: relief it is you know it's totally and you know when i was um working in accounting manufacturing we did um some six sigma um some process systems design work and mm. That taught me a lot about how to set up processes and systems. And if you have a really clear system, if you know how you do something, then you can pass that on to somebody else. And that's that double-edged sword for so many people who start their own business is that they actually don't want to have to have systems they don't want to have to put in the rigor of having processes because yeah. that's what they've escaped from if they've been in a corporate world if they've never actually worked in a corporate world or they never actually worked for a company that had systems then they don't really understand what they are and the benefits of them but you know one of my favorite things when I start working with people about creating a system is to put together a flow chart for making a cup of tea and it's amazing you know like we make a cup of tea or a pot of tea And it's amazing how many people forget to say boil the water and so you yeah. end up with a beautifully perfect pot of cold okay. tea and that's what happens when we pass on tasks to other people we actually forget some of the most critical steps because they're dirt the obvious one like boil the kettle but if you've never had tea you don't know that it's meant to be hot no. So when you're doing a Facebook post or when you're doing um, booking a podcast or when you're doing anything, if you've never done it before and you don't know what's expected by that person, then every single step of the process has to be articulated. Yes. I think that's one of the things that's very difficult when they're outsourcing things and what does that look like when it's finished, you know, what does good look like or what does the outcome look like when you're mm. actually finished?
2: The other thing is about the why, I had an example with one of my VAs recently, um, who is is very good at following instructions, but is actually quite um, sort of literal with it, you know, she does what, what she's been told sort of thing. And, and I don't always remember to explain the why. And in this case, she was posting my podcast blog onto LinkedIn. And she sent me a message to say she'd done it, but that the audio embed hadn't worked and so i (laughs) actually in future if it doesn't please can you tell me beforehand don't post it because the whole point is the audio is like the key part of that but because she's published all the words she you know she saw that as sort of two-thirds of the job was fine therefore she could sort of tick it off and just let me know that there was an issue but obviously because i'd never really explained the purpose of why i was asking her to put it there and that it was all about the audio and the words are just peripheral really um she didn't understand, you know, the, the relative importance of it. And it, it was a reminder to me of the fact that I've got to throw the why in as well as the the
0: what to enable yeah, that them to make decisions b- b- when things go wrong. A beautiful example of how easily um, we can just leave out one teeny piece and it just, yeah... Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful example joe <laughs> so it was a silent post
2: <laughs> yes exactly exactly and, uh, and I, you know you sort of think oh surely that's obvious but as i say it's two mm-hmm. two elements mm-hmm. of of a process mm-hmm. that are, are just two elements in her head you know because i hadn't explained why we were doing it it was mm-hmm. just two things and one of the things worked and one of the things didn't sort of thing so yeah it was a, a real um reminder
0: and i think you know yeah. like, like you raise something that's very important for us when we're outsourcing to VAs. So for a lot of people in Australia, the VA is probably in another time zone. So, you know, asking the question doesn't get a quick response. You know, the chances are the person's in another time zone. They're probably from another nationality. And that probably means that the language that they speak as their first language is not English, although their English command is very good. Yes. They, and, and I mean all of this enormously respectfully, but, you know, and, and maybe they've never actually worked with a business exactly like yours. You know, maybe they are working in this environment as a VA and maybe they've never worked with real estate people before. Or they've never worked with motivational coaches, or they've never worked with chiropractic, or whoever it is that's hiring them. And so there's all these reasons why what you're giving them is unique. Mm. And so it's super important to articulate a LinkedIn post has words and audio. You know, yeah. so we. It, but it's so easy for us to think that everyone knows what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they often yeah. don't.
2: Mm. No, exactly. Yeah. So what about? Um, looking after yourself you did touch briefly on how you sometimes sort of flex what you do to how you're feeling you talked about you know if you're too hot or whatever you might choose not to do something and you won't do your broken links on your website that's just me (laughs) (laughs) um what do you do to to keep yourself energized and, and fit to to run your business
0: well, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. Um, I have a, I have a, a pretty good energy. Like, I don't even know where that, I think it's genetic. I think that's where that comes from. And I remember years ago I borrowed a book. I think Deepak Chopra had written a book about how to have more energy and I had taken it to work and my boss confiscated it. He said, Ingrid, you've got more than enough energy. Thanks very much. We don't need you coming in here with more energy than you've already got. So I think I've always had a good energy. Um, I sleep well. I eat well. Um, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I, I some years ago, I, I guess I discovered that sugar and I didn't really have a good relationship. So this was some time before the whole anti-sugar. Um, but put me in front of a plate of corn chips, and I'll I'll help devour those without any trouble whatsoever. But so I avoid um, I avoid sugar. Um, towards the end of last year, I reduced alcohol. Um, and I, found, I have found that's made a big difference as well in terms of my clarity of thinking, in terms of how I think and sleep and how I wake up in the morning. Um, I exercise every day, whether that's walking or, you know, Pilates or yoga. We get to the beach at the weekend. We don't live very far from the beach. Can't go during the week, but we certainly do at the weekends. Like-minded people. And it was interesting because I was thinking about this question when I was preparing for this um, interview and I was starting to think that I avoid people who aren't like-minded in terms of positive and, and it's not that I even avoid people. I don't have any truly negative people in my life. I don't even think... They're attracted. They just, I don't know, maybe they're there and I just don't know or I don't see that aspect of them. But I feel like the people that surround me have the same level of energy. They care about the planet. They care about each other. We care about animals. We, you know, like we, we just have that sense of it's, it's a good place to be. And I have yeah. cats. I think cats make a difference to life in terms of we have, we have a couple of different personalities and, you know, spending time with them is always healing and helpful and they're just so what they are. They're delightful, you yeah. know,
1: yeah. and
0: they take you, you take them and they take you as you come. So, you know, and, and the beach is important. Water makes me feel good. I have this lovely ritual in the afternoon. I make a cup of tea after lunch and I just, that whole ritual of making tea is relaxing and I and I look for joy in little things, you know, like taking the time to appreciate raindrops or blue sky or to see flowers, or you know, like I think those little things just add up to make us feel happier.
2: Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. There's there's such a sort of talk around sort of mindfulness and and all that sort of thing, mm. and and actually, I I do make a conscious effort, a bit like you've just said to to be in the moment of things um you know like a lot of the time with with ellie because you know she's growing up mm. she's not really around at this age for much longer all that sort of thing mm. i you know if things are going well i i keep sort of appreciating that and i don't know if mm. we're in the middle of a i don't know if i'm singing in canterbury cathedral as i do or if i'm in the middle of a family scenario where we've gone on a trip somewhere or whatever i do try and sort of remember look and be really aware of, of the fact that I'm enjoying it because quite often mm. it passes by. And I think mm. that all those things, as you say, do add up to make, make life feel better, don't they? Mm.
0: And I'm so grateful for the life that I have. You know, I live in one of the best countries in the world. You know, I, I've i worked hard in my 20s and 30s to have what I have today. Um, yeah, and I, I love the work that I do with the clients that I work with. So I'm, I feel... Blessed, and I'm healthy. You know, I mean, everything doesn't work quite as well as it did ten years ago, but you know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I believe the next ten years are going to be even more interesting. But you yeah. know, like I'm healthy and everything works, and yeah, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for everything that we yeah. have.
2: Yeah. And what about um, learning and
0: improving yourself? How do you keep things moving forwards? I think I'm a bit of a learning junkie. I think if I look back, you know, those dots that I want to join back there, I was always intrigued by things. I always want to understand how things worked. So today, podcasts are wonderful. I think this is, you know, um, I've written an article recently about podcasting being the new universities, you know, that it doesn't matter so much if you don't getting into university to do a lot of things. There's so much information. I guess if you want to be a brain surgeon, you have to go and learn brain surgery, and certain things you probably do need to learn properly. I
2: but there's so much like of what we've do. done that. Oh <laughs> 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 my. Yeah, all my um, my plane, my flights, my pilot. Oh, yeah, we my want
0: helicopter. those guys to do it properly too. Yeah. But there's a lot that we can just learn from uh, being around. So podcasts, um, you know, there's a couple that I really like. Yours is a fabulous one, Now That I've Found You. Um, John Lee Dumas with The Entrepreneur on Fire. I've been listening to him since pretty much the beginning of his show and I was fortunate enough to be interviewed on his show, Episode yeah. 1788. Um I really like Ali Brown. She's an American, has a podcast called Glambition. Um, it's a terrific Australian podcast called Flying Solo, um, which is for solopreneurs, and they have a terrific range of guests. But I dip in and out now. I used to be much more dedicated to a particular podcast, but there's so many fabulous ones. Yeah. It's sort of dipping in and out. Books I love to read. Um, I've just finished reading you're not listening by kate murphy which was very interesting Um, biographies give me inspiration i like to read the weekend papers i just sort of skim through some of those there just isn't enough time in the day for all the learning i guess i've just always got my antenna tweaked yeah i just i love to know what's going on and i i'm kind of curious and i i i stay attuned to information yes
2: and i think that's what makes us good business owners and coaches (laughs)
0: I think you're right yeah and and to sort of I think to go back to your question about well-being and and relaxing if I'm so cluttered with what I'm doing I can't see things I often feel like I can see trends or I can see things happening as they're happening so I wrote my book so you want to start a business five years ago when it was just the beginning of people wanting to start businesses whereas today you know just about everybody wants to start a business and that's terrific. Um, so I feel, you know, there's a few times in my life where I feel like I've seen a change of trend and you can only do that when you're alert and aware and informed but also have the headspace to, to be able to be creative or to be able to see things.
2: Yes, yeah. So last couple of questions. First one is what about when it all goes horribly wrong? If you have a, a bad day and things aren't going right, how do you deal with that?
0: Well, my response to that was that it happens all the time, actually, because it's such a terrific question because I, it's an arrogance to think that my definition of right is the only definition of right, that there are many solutions. So you know, if what I thought was going to happen doesn't happen, then I just have to pick myself up, dust myself off and carry on. And sometimes that's easier than others. Um, And Mm. it depends on how crushing it is. Um, And sometimes it's crushing. And but, you know, I think one of the tricks is not to take it personally. I heard a very senior person um, asked recently about something that was going on. And he said, why am I taking it personally? Why would I? And I thought to myself, wow, if you're responsible for that and you're not taking it personally, why do I take every tiny little thing that happens so personally? That was a really, it was only recently. And I remember thinking that's so amazing that somebody who we all thought ought to have been taking something a little more, you know, personally didn't. Um, So it's good to be reminded that things not necessarily are personal. Yeah. And just carry on, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, The way we think it's going to turn out. And you know, in the truth, if I think back over my life, if things haven't gone well, something better has come out of it. Yes. And you have to trust the universe sometimes that that's just, that there's a better plan. Mm
2: -hmm. I was listening to a podcast the other day, a couple of ladies um Scotland who one of them I I know it's called remarkable women and they Mm. talk about when you have something go terribly wrong in your life they call it a masterclass as a way of Mm. um, Mm. sort of you know repositioning it that as you say whatever goes wrong there is always some learning to come from it and and quite often things in the end will be better that you just don't realize that at the time yeah that's
0: wonderful I love that yeah might have to borrow that (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, okay, and so the last one is um, those days when you get to live more. So that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What What do those days look like for you?
0: You know, I loved this question when I was preparing for it. I was because I thought, Wow, what does that really mean? And it had me thinking about a question that I was asked on another podcast. Um, Sam Harris has a podcast called Growth Mindset and he asks guests about kindness about being kind and I think there's something in your question that goes to this for me so to live more is tied up with kindness and genuine kindness that idea of um, not doing kindness because you want something back for it but that that notion of being kind in an activity so for me a day where I have lived more is a day where I've been able to be kind and you know is that rescuing a butterfly is that you know whatever it is you know it's just some act of kindness and I think that's the ability to live more lovely I
2: love that question for many reasons obviously Mm. I you know ask it (laughs) um one of the main reasons is how how many different sort of nuances to the answers that that I've had over the years I mean this is this will be show number I don't know 150 something and uh and nearly every answer is 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 different and you sort of um the fact that it can nuance so much is I think part of it but uh, yeah I absolutely love that thank you Mm,
0: thank you Uh, thank you for asking it because it really is a lovely question and uh, it it just brings to how we live our lives is different for everybody isn't it as you say everybody's got a different answer to that one
2: Mm. yeah i think about you know living more that is the point it's about what what works for you you know what what is important to you and making sure that your life sort of fits with that and and not you know some people spend their lives trying to do things that suit other people and, you know, that clearly isn't living more for that particular individual.
1: Mm,
0: it is, yeah. So, Ingrid, tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. So, I LinkedIn is great. I love um, connecting with people on LinkedIn. So, Ingrid Thompson on LinkedIn. I have a website called... Um, Ingrid Ingrid Thompson healthynumbers.com.au because I'm in Australia that's um, another great way to um, to connect with me if anybody had a particular question or something I want to say ingrid at healthynumbers.com.au is an email address I listen to I I answer all my own emails you can tell it's starting to get a bit late for me Um, and I have a podcast called So You Want to Start a Business so I wrote a book called So You Want to Start a Business and I have a podcast but um, I think you know LinkedIn is a great place to reach out or directly on email and if you just want to check out what I'm all about my healthynumbers.com.au is the website
2: lovely thank you so much Ingrid as expected it's been a really lovely conversation so um, it was worth me getting up earlier than normal (laughs) it was worth (laughs) me staying up
0: later later than normal Oh, thank thanks yeah. so much for the opportunity. And honestly, the, for the listeners, I wish you all the very best in your endeavours, whatever that is, whatever living your life fully is for you, do it. Like just, yeah, make the most of every single day.
1: Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organized and productive do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business or making time to live more it's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organized productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward it's time to join the power to live more calm membership if you're ready to Stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm Membership Program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com getcalm get calm. Use your power to live more.